A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Alrighty, Meatball Parmesans, welcome to the Poor Hitter Podcast. Rob D, the Dead Poor Hitter. We are getting into the main event fab breakdown for the weekend and also the overall standings look. Me, Todd, and our guest appearance from Phil Dussault, the robot, comes in for about the first 15-20 minutes of the show. And we just talk about process, what went into this week's of bidding, how much did we anticipate leaving money for next week, and um, yeah, just we dive into some of the players we liked, some of the bids we made, why we made the moves, um, and as well as some other good stuff. It was a really awesome podcast, um, little, little pop-up pod by Phil, he loves doing these appearances, and I think we, unscripted, we went into some very good talk um, and get some good insight in some leagues. And this is it. One more fab period in NFBC. You might be um, already done with your league if you're in head-to-head league that have had their championship weeks. I have two head-to-head leagues that are in championship weeks this week. So um, pretty excited about that as well. Um, I think it kind of helps me be cutthroat in Roto Leagues too because you're forced to... Um, I can't pick up guys every day in a head-to-head league, but it's uh, fab on... Um, Thursday nights and Sunday nights, but we could change our lineups every day, so we're anticipating trying to make as many moves as we can during the week, but I think it allows me the ability to be cutthroat in Roto Leagues in order to dump players that maybe you won't use for the rest of the year um, and that we kind of cling to, possibly, but um, uh, yeah, we get into that too, about how to know when to cut someone and uh, we also want some great talk about how to how bias is going to creep into our leagues next year when we start drafting, uh, especially if you are very into a specific player and they did very well for you. For instance, we talk about Anthony Santander. I drafted him pretty much everywhere I could this year, and getting him at like 280, 290 ADP, and for him to hit 33 home runs, it's extremely good value, um, and just having to know that next year um maybe in your ranks still a very good pick but won't be as profitable um you have to adjust that in your brain as to you know where do I fall on this do I just want to break even on a guy maybe I climb up to get him where you know I like him or do you wait or just completely fade sometimes it's just the market is more interested than you are perhaps but the reward of what a player does for you over the season if you have a good speculative pick or you're really strong on a player and and they help you be successful all year it's it's we like have a gratitude to them forever that's exactly what the fantasy bias is so we talk about that and then me and Todd get into the his article which is on uh, the pullhitter.com website and Todd's gonna write a couple more articles and 
We're going to do a couple more pods after the season over. Basically going over some of our favorite ads personally on our teams as well as what we thought was the best ads uh, in the main event. Pretty much on a general basis on guys that were able to be picked up early in the season and held rest of season value and then weren't, you know, that weren't such dreamers per se. So um, we'll get into stuff like that. And then I'm going to look to get into an ADP review um, where I discuss with, you know, with guests, of course, about how uh, certain chunks of ADP performed in the draft champions or main event. Um, we haven't discussed if we're going to do both formats or all formats and you know, try to, because sometimes we forget. Um, we get so caught up into the next year's drafts already and getting into next year prep that we kind of don't look back to see where um, maybe positions were better in certain ranges. You know, who was great past 500 ADP um, that did good for you that you were able to start and provide value for you so we'll do stuff like that but enjoy this episode so uh... all right welcome back to the pull here to podcast we are a couple of days away from the end of the season who better to talk some main event fantasy baseball with than my man todd whitestone from old sp streamer now pull hitter <laughs> oh man it feels weird to say that but what's up todd what's going on you know, there's a mid-season trades, Rob, you know, that uh, you got to just adjust to new circumstances. You know? <laughs> I, um, I negotiated a buyout. <laughs> Michael, Michael wanted to retain you, you know, for, um, yeah. you know, he, he kind of wanted to like suspend you, but just keep you on his team <laughs> without pay. Um, yes. But, you know, I, I told them that, listen, Todd, Todd needs to get this stuff out. There's, yeah. There's people who are counting on, you know, their that's their that's a big read on Monday. The big read. So yep, yep, yep. Yeah, um, I was I was in the uh Tommy Fam football league. So <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was uh I was under suspension for that, but that, that I appreciate your picking up my option, Rob. Hundred percent, man. Hundred <laughs> percent. You're worth it. You're worth it. I picked up this other guy's option too. His name is Phil Dussault, the robot. What's up, kid? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Doing fascinating. Fascinating. I just no have one... a question for Todd, though. Is this like an Elvis Andrews situation? Is, is his option going to vest even though he was released from SP Streamer or not? You know, I have certain uh, hurdle categories, Phil, that I have to get over. If I don't meet them, then uh, <laughs> they, they, they just give me a couple of cans of soda and that's it. All right. Wow. <laughs> Do you get to pick the soda or is it just straight yeah. Pepsi? Straight yeah, cola? Yeah, they, Diet Fanta orange or something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh, Fanta, huh? Fanta sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my my favorite. I'm not a. I don't drink soda now. But when I every now and then I go for a nice ginger ale. That's like the most I do carbonating. Um, but uh-huh. when I was younger, I yeah, grape grape and orange orange well like my always uh that was my always attraction to soda with the grape and the orange you know uh-huh i don't know it was something about those uh you know orange it tastes good when i was a kid i used to drink it sure yeah what what's bad that's orange flavored yeah you know it can't be bad for you yeah <laughs> uh, like eating an orange <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um crazy crazy day yesterday in my main event um in both of my leagues I had the most movement I've had in, 
I don't know what felt like things happened in like 10 day span happened in one day yesterday. It was, it was a pretty, pretty crazy night. Um, I have seven home runs from my first main event team already in the last two weeks. I had uh, seven and six in both of those separate weeks. So um, not used to going to the uh, live scoring and seeing, you know, my home run category lit up. So it's good times, you know, it's um, that's that's Anthony Santander just um, boosting up everything for me. I even have him in my head to head finals and one of my head to head finals. And it's uh Man, it's it, it's great. He's just been awesome, and uh, I'm wondering how high he's, what his ADP is going to be looking like next year. I mean, is there like a similar player, uh, you know, that's gonna like fit his profile? That goes, I don't know. Is he a top 100 player now? I think he's gonna be close to it. I think he's gonna be right around that eighth or ninth round, uh, if if I'm not mistaken. Mm, I'm in the eighth. Yeah, I'm gonna have an eighth round pick soon. In the, 54th in the Roswell Federator. 54th. Yeah. Um, among hitters I, or among all players? Among hitters, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I know when I looked at his um his his earned auction value on on uh let's see if I can get it up real quick on Rotowire. He was he was pretty up there too. He was like the tenth outfielder, I think. Um he is right now earned auction value outfielders. I don't know if this says 12 or 15 teams, but it's um, $19 of, of earned value. One, two, three, four. It's about 13 in outfielders. That's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good for where he went this year, too. Oh, I know he doesn't bring steals. Everyone else ahead of him. Let's see, Soto's got six deals, Schwarber eight, Trout one, but everybody else above him in the outfield has double digit deals, you know? Mm-hmm. So I guess that's he's gonna he's he's that guy. He's that guy who's and and Acuna's right behind him. So it's um, trying to find a pump from looking through main event ADP, trying to find a pump from last year. Last year, because he was what this year, about 280, 280-ish. If I remember yeah, top yeah around there. Yeah, I took him earlier than that one I had to, but um, yeah, yeah, two. I guess ADP was two ninety seven. Okay, um, but like uh, Matt Chapman was one seventy three, and I mean Santander has more power this year. I guess projection probably be similar power to what Chapman had last year. Uh, just better average though, so um, has to be higher than that. I'm guessing in the you know, one thirty range, maybe. Mm-hmm. You think so? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's yeah. fair. Um, I'm gonna. He's. I mean, he's coming up in my draft when we restart that. You know, draft in the eighth round, the draft champions. It's gonna be. He's. Uh, he's already on the radar. <laughs> you know, he's. He's one of the next guys that are coming up. Uh, that I'm gonna be choosing. Basically, pick, like so. what he's doing, basically what Max Muncy did last year. Right, but so. and, and he doesn't play three three positions, but yeah. Muncie was uh, one number, was he? This is always tough when there's a guy that you really love and you really hit on and he helps, you know, you draft him on a lot of teams and he helps you. And then you have to get rid of, then you have to like, you know, taking that, the draft spot this year, even though you still like 
the skills and you love what he did for you. That's the thing. It's right. it's so hard to let go of, of, of what players did for you, like had great years at great value. And it's just everything you could ask for. And the next year you have to stay in your head. No, I don't like you as much. And I, I have a hard time doing that. <laughs> I know you yeah. feel don't, but I, I just no, like, but I, I, I get it. Like, I'm I, like, I know next year I'm going to, I'm like, as I always do, I'm going to follow my formulas and all that stuff. But um, like, I want to drop Kevin Gosman. Like if he's <laughs> like if I have to do like a tiebreaker between two guys, two guys, I'll draft Gosman ahead of the other guy. But uh, if my system hates him, I won't draft him. But um, I've been on Gosman for like three years now. I just love right. that guy. I watch him a bunch, and he just seems like a really sure, cool sure. dude. Um, I remember he's hearing you too, for me like, for basically the last three years. Yeah. So he still keeps hitting um, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I want to draft him again next year. I don't know if I'll. I mean, I'll listen to what my my numbers say. Uh, but I I hope I hope my numbers like him. And I can I can keep drafting because I, I love the guy. You still can you still can uh, get a profit as a guy moves up in ADP. I mean, it doesn't have to be that you're you're out on him just because he's more expensive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Gosman was uh, fourth round, or I was I took him early fourth in a draft. Uh, I was going late fourth, I think in most drafts. I mean, I, I had no problem picking him in there. So I think there was still, still profit at that point, even though his cost went way up from last year. I remember first hearing you on a podcast um, on Bubba, and then you did the, the Rotosaurus one. And you, it was, a, you know, it was very lengthy. You got into a lot of stuff and you, you were very proud that you didn't have bias, you know? And it's, <laughs> it, it's slowly working into you, man. You know, I mean, and it's hard because it's such a hard thing because yeah. like I said, it's, 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 even if you still like a guy, especially, and just, you know, it just stays in your brain. Like, I love this guy. He's just always yeah. does good for me. So, and it's, it's hard. It's hard to like get I, I rid think, of it. I especially one of the if, things that, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm saying, especially if like the ADP is, you know, where, you know, like, all right, I'm just going to pretty much break even here, which is fine. I mean, you can break even on picks without a doubt, but, you know, um, it, it's hard, even if you know, like it's wrong, maybe it's not a value at all. But, you know, you just, it's just I'm so bad with that. I'm, I'm, I get stuck with that every year. I think it's I, I think for me, it's easier to get away from my values in the early rounds because there's um I guess it's harder to find a bargain in the first two, three rounds. Like, like the players are, are studied so much that the market is, is more accurate for those rounds. Um, mm -hmm. So it's harder to beat the market with my numbers for those rounds. So I'll be more, actually I should be, because this, I was terrible. I, I listened to my numbers in the early rounds. I was terrible. So um, I should probably move away a little bit from them for the first two rounds. And sometimes just draft guys have a good feeling about, um, in the later rounds, I think it's easy to get new guys every year. I'll run my spreadsheet and right. see Santan there. I have a top as a top, I don't know, probably a top 80 hitter. I had him and I can get him so late. I'm like, okay, I don't care. I mean, this is my guy. You just learn to love guys that you have ranks so, so much higher than everyone else. Um, so every year, I just fall in love with these guys that I like a lot better than everyone else. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't care if they're new guys every year, but. In the early rounds, yeah, I, I think it's either have bias, and I, th I think it might be a good thing actually. Yeah. Do you do you ever have like, do you have to do extra dives on on players where it is such a big difference? Like, wait, am I right on this? Like, is this right? Can this player be like, or do you not? It doesn't matter. It's 
Whatever's like you don't have to have justification because the justification is is your is is the system, right? It's that's what it is. Yeah. Um often I'll look at the reason why he's getting such a boost, and mm-hmm. then I'll make sure there's no bug in the formulas. That's usually right. the biggest thing. Or I think we're right, right. dollars lying or a comma somewhere. Did you ever have a guy that was really high, Phil, and then you looked and you found a bug and you said, this guy isn't anywhere close to that. I mean, it, ha- it happens every year. Well, sometimes it's not, it's not a bug, it's just system improvement. Um, uh-huh. Like in my early drafts, I was um, like, I love Blake Snell. And then as I improved the formula, I changed things up. He moved mm. way down. So I stopped yes. drafting him. Uh, but I always try to improve things in the formula. So, sure, uh, sure. but yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's happened sometimes. I, um, one of the things in the, in the first draft I did, um, my adjustment for um, the the division strength, um, I hadn't done it properly. And oh. it was some type of bug in the formula. So I drafted a bunch of AL East pitchers, um, <laughs> not on purpose, kind of just worked yeah. out that way. Yeah. Um, and then actually that DC is, is my best DC. So maybe I should have kept things that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. I was looking at that team, like everyone was, Accusing me of throwing the DC because the uh, the one hundred fifty dollar uh, MTM champ uh, draft champions that, that uh, Mike Demouth was doing in in my honor, I guess, in, since I won last year, um, uh-huh. and then it was in January, I think. So um, people was like, oh, for like a one hundred fifty dollar DC, Phil's gonna throw it. He's gonna have he's gonna draft guys that you doesn't usually draft. And I drafted Adley Rutschman. I drafted O'Neill Cruz. Uh, Pete Alonso is on that team. <laughs> So a bunch of guys I didn't draft for the rest of draft season, and I didn't throw it. The way I did it was I'll draft guys that I like um, at or below ADP. Like, I won't give away my guys. I won't reach for my guys. But if they're they're at ADP, I'll take them. Um, And if the guy that I was okay with was falling around after ADP, I'd take them too. So it's probably what happened with with Alonzo, something like that. Um, And somehow it turned out to be my best DC. I'm like 55th overall with that (laughs) right now. So um, <laughs> it's probably a lesson for next and I need to make adjustments. Yeah, yeah do that again next year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, except for my other DCs, which are in like 13th and 10th and something like that. So, so um, that's funny. What's the, for next year. What's the, what's the uh, main, main bad thing on those teams? Is there a common theme or just a mix of things? My, my general theme is power. And on 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 two really bad teams is is pitching depth. Um, I mean, it's filled with injuries too right now. But uh, I didn't get like enough arms, especially it was a four honey, and um, man, I didn't didn't get enough quality arms. Um, like three, like my SP three, SP four, they were just as like Marcus Stroman can't be your SP two. Just put it that way. He can't end up yeah. being your SP two. Yeah, <laughs> it's not gonna yeah, work yeah. out. Not gonna work out. Um, I mean, my my worst one is in twelfth right now. It's the ultimate DC, which was or sorry, the super D. I think where it was twenty five hundred bucks. Uh, it's thirty five hitting points, twenty nine hitting uh, pitching points. It, it's pretty much bad across the board, except for saves. Um, okay. Which weren't good. I got Jorge Lopez in round forty eight, who, who made up for. Uh, but it's just a bunch of injuries. Um, you pull it up. I mean, I'm starting Lori Garcia, Joey Gallo. Yes, yes. Um, That's what I like to nice, hear. Nice. And my bench is like Miggy, Paven Smith, Ozzy Albies, David Fletcher, Iglesias, Odubel Herrera. 
Jonathan VR. It's just, and for whatever reason, I thought it was a good idea to draft Trevor Bauer on that team as well because he was slipping. Um, <laughs> Steven Strasburg is on that team as well. So, I mean, Ooh, the pitching depth. Nice. I mean, I if I drafted pitchers that were actually pitching and not suspended or injured every single year, um, it probably ranked a little bit better. Uh, but the hitting, I just, I mean, I missed on the late guys. Um, I tend to, I guess I tend to, I mean, I always went for like older safe guys later in drafts, but it seems like this year the teams pivoted to prospects quicker than previous years, I think. Um, I don't know. It's, I don't know if it has anything to do with like the, like the, the short 2020 season where minor leaguers didn't play. They got a full season in last year and now they're like, they're, there's, there's a big improvement right now and they're, they're getting more playing time. Um, mm-hmm. But like someone like Paven Smith, I was convinced would stay up all year and get 550 appearances. Paven Smith, though, I mean, honestly, he's he's a guy I actually just recently looked back on and trying to see, you know, what I liked and if if anything's still there. And he his surface numbers weren't there, but he he did pretty. I mean, he improved in a couple of you know categories that I really like to see. It's just he. I don't know, I just didn't put it all together. You know, I still think he's like kind of sneaky, even though now they just feel like they're the team that's just filled with options, you know? Right. That's the problem, I think. Yeah. I mean, like, like if he put up like a, like he, he, he got sent down, he had an 87 WRC plus. I mean, if he had better Babbitt and was around 9,500, they might've kept them a little bit longer. But I mean, when you've got all those young guys pushing, yeah. Um, you're going to give them a chance. And last year, we didn't have that. We didn't have those young guys pushing. So right. yep. um, I think that might be part of it. Uh, He'd be batting cleanup for the Tigers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's not too bad. He had 11% bow or 10.9% bow percentage, 102.109.2 max EV. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, if he had a little better Babbitt block, 256. Um I think yeah. he's a good solid player. I don't think he's fantastic, but you know, he yeah, he could have stuck with with other teams. He could have stuck. I just feel like, well, like well, when too, you like have a... like um, Jake McCarthy was crushing in Triple A, yeah, like, yeah, you're yeah. gonna give McCarthy a shot instead of leaving Pavin Smith, who sure, sure. just an okay major leaguer at best. So yeah, um, I got you. Talk about bias. I mean, I'm. He's going to be at the top of my draft board for every draft next year just because of what he did <laughs> for me this year. Like, oh, I love the guy. He just he saved so many, so many of my teams. And 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 you know what's funny too? Um, in my head-to-head keeper league, we got to keep 10 guys and had contracts and everything. And I picked them up for a buck and I really liked them, but I I had like my team is filled with like a lot of guys who get like 10 to 18 steals. Like, so I don't really have to rely on one guy to give me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to, you know, um, dangle him for the bad teams, you know, and try to get some talent of the playoff run. And, uh, you know, I traded him and I feel bad. But, you know, when you, uh, you just got to do what you got to do sometimes, you know? I wouldn't cut that guy, but I, I was definitely glad to trade him for uh, – I don't even know who I sure, traded him for. I should sure. go back on that. But, um, yeah, Jake McCarthy for sure going to be uh, a wonder of mine. Phil, how did you do in FAB this week? What do you? What was your thing? Did, did you have uh, 
like a specific strategy that you were going for the, or it's just basically at this time of the year, it's just dump and fill, <laughs> dump and fill. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I brought out uh cutthroat Carl, as you like to call him. Yep. Um, cutthroat Carl. <laughs> that's funny. So I was calling myself cutthroat Phil when I was making a bold drop in, in our chat and you're like, no, that doesn't work. It has to be the same ladder. So I'm you're like, I'm going to call you cutthroat Carl. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> nothing was going good with Phil, you know. So cut cut vote is perfect for you, and it's got to be yeah, it's got to be it's got to be CC. You know, it's got to match up like that. That's the yeah, way. yeah, that's, yeah. That's that would my, be better. Uh, I agree. That's my rules. So um, um, so yeah, I was um, yeah, basically I was looking at just any first thing was going through my roster, seeing every guy I could drop. Like every Colorado guy was an automatic drop. Um. Drew Rasmussen I dropped because I wasn't using him this week at Houston. And then I figured the odds of him starting that last game of the year were pretty slim. So I he was a drop. Um, Carol Marte was a drop because he only had two games Monday to Thursday. And mm-hmm. then I forget who they're facing this week. I think he's got a pretty – is it the Padres? Uh, the, the Diamondbacks? Yeah. Or, no, yeah, they're in, in San Francisco. So yeah. Park. And against Cobb, uh, not really, but Webb. Um, and then Milwaukee, the last three games. So, um, I mean, I wasn't using him, so he was a top. Uh, so basically, you're going through my roster, figuring out anyone I could drop. Um, and then once I did, I was just playing holes. Um, and if I had an extra dollar, an extra roster spot, um, picking up starters for next week. Uh, picked up Adrian Martinez in a bunch of spots. Um, Nathan Eovaldi because they promised him two more starts so he'll get one next week um, and then I can decide um, I'm not sure if I'll use them all but at least I'll have the option of using it if, if I'm behind in, in case and wins if I need the volume I'll have the option if I don't want to risk facials then I can drop them on, on Sunday pick up relievers or um, mm-hmm. whatever so uh, I just wanted to give myself some options so I know next week um, if I don't know, like Lorenzen, for example, if he wasn't picked up uh, this week um, on the weekend, everyone's going to try to bid a dollar for him. Anyone who needs all you is going to go for every starter that's going to start is going to get bid on basically Um, because there's someone in the league who's going to need volume. So I figured if I had the roster spots, I'd pick the guys up. (coughs) (coughs) Sorry, Um, a week early. And then uh, keep on my bench. If I, if I need them, I use them. If not, I drop them and no one else can use them. Yeah, um, right, right. So that was kind of the, the thought process. I picked up a bunch of uh, Mariners. Says they have four games next week. Um, mm-hmm. And it looks like those games are all going to matter. So um, Carlos Santana, um, Kalinich, depending on, on J-Rod. Um, Suarez I picked up as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Mariners, hitters, and random guys are going to start next week that was that was the team just get guys in the lineup that's all that's the key yeah and especially what we're seeing right now like i mean we're going to see it this weekend every team that's already qualified for the playoffs i mean no starters going to play all three games can be two of three and then they're probably going to do the same thing monday to wednesday so right, right. um it, it's going to be hard to make up volume but if you've got those guys on the on the jays on the Rays, on mariners and maybe um in the National League, depending on how, how that works out, the Mets and the Braves probably um, are going to keep playing. But um, And then teams that are eliminated um, 
someone like Santander, who, you know, I love, um, plays every day, probably going to get one of those days off, play five out of six, something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, you got it. It's going to be hard to make a volume, but if you get the right guys, you can, you can, you can make up some ground, I think. Sure, sure. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, 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 it's a tough line of, of going for volume and, you know, uh, just, uh, thinking is is this better player who's gonna play every day have a you know have a better shot at um out producing a guy who you know has a couple more games um that's always my biggest thing um but this week especially I think there was some some players where especially my first main I only had like five bucks left so you're really <laughs> limited in your moves you know and yeah. um there's so many big choices that you have to make in in terms of you know things like that where you can't maximize right there so you you know i couldn't i couldn't upgrade from kettle Marte, you know so he stayed on my team and he's on the bench anyway but you know maybe it was a guy i would have wanted got you know get but i wanted to save at least a dollar for next week you know um sure. and and mike mager just killed me this week he in that league that i had a buck left he he basically got um he got Oswaldo um Cabrera. Cabrera had him him for a buck, had Nate Eaton for a buck, and um Elder for a buck. And he got Elder for two and the other two guys for one each tied me and he got the tiebreaker. Wow. And uh I texted him immediately. It's like, oh man, <laughs> you you destroyed me tonight, you know. But hey, you know, this is that's that's why you want to have a couple extra bucks, and that's a big lesson. Yep. Especially, yep. you know, Phil, like you're talking about like how how you know that 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 roto gut and not having to spend you know more for your 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 fab ads than you need to and um i look back on my ads and oh boy it's just it's really it's not a good it it's good practice but it's really not a pleasant you know trip down the fab list this year i was just like why 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 you know <laughs> and especially just the prices i'm like i just have to get better with like even the nine nine to ones like i just gotta trust that it's not gonna be the nine that i think it is or that's where yeah. i really i think it's stuck not not in the high bids but like low dollar bids on guys where i could probably just try to get off as doing for two or three and having a backup that just just you know just as good and right, um right. and 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 saving that because it really adds up yeah i mean it's it's uh you you got to be willing to lose some of that guys that are you rate number one as the best pickup for that waterfall but it's sometimes psychologically difficult to do that you know you got to be able to say okay i'm going to lose those first two guys but i'll get the third guy yep Yep. And and other- I, I, um, I posted something on Twitter, like you're talking about that the Rotocot being the, the most efficient uh, bidder. And one of the things I noticed, I looked at um, unopposed bids and mm-hmm. what's the average bid you made when you were unopposed. Um, oh, and yeah. I think, I think Vlad was around $3. The, the, the main event average was $6. Uh-huh. Um, Vlad was around three, I believe. It was one. I don't know if it was the highest for that specific stat, I guess, but um, he was up there. I think most of my teams were four, four point five, and five, something in that range. But um, if if you make if you if you're a high volume five guy like me who makes I don't know, who has, I'm get just making up the summer. Say fifty unopposed bids. 
just being like a dollar fifty or two dollars higher than Vlad, like that adds mm. up to fifty, seventy five hundred sure. five dollars. Um, that's huge. Like I could use that so much on, on the sure, teams sure, right sure. now. Um, and I think one of the things, like like you said, Rob, those nine dollar bids or twelve dollar bids in, in April that you don't you like the guy, you think you really need him in, in April and May. But you don't realize that those extra eight bucks could be so valuable in, in yeah. September. Um, 100%. I, I've told you this, Rob, before, but um, my biggest mistake this year was spending so much on Vinny P. Um, yeah, I know. Not, not that he hasn't been good, but I think right. he, when he come up in early, mid-July. Yeah. Um, yeah, he came up in the week. Yeah. I think like we talked, I'm like, okay, there is maybe – uh, 12 weeks left. I'm willing to go down 250 to 200 bucks in fab. Like, I don't know who else is going to come up. That's going to be as good as him. July but, 3rd. Yeah. But that was the mistake saying, I don't know, because there's always someone. You don't know who it is. I know. Yeah, right. But there's always someone. And um, when um, McCarthy and, um, no, yeah, Jake McCarthy and uh, Menaces from, from the Nationals came up. I was interested. I was looking at him like, okay, my system loves him. I want to spend on him, but I can't afford it. If I go 30, 40 on them, then I'll be like even way, even down more down on my fat. So right. um, I couldn't spend on them and they would have been more useful than Vinny P. So right. uh, right. less next year is when I say I can go down to 150, 200. No, there's going to be someone that will go lower than 300. You can, so, there's, so there's going to be more players that are going to come up. It's, it's it's two things. I think it's it's the assessment of is can your second or third guy be almost as good, not, not number one. And number two, um, it's an assessment of the market. Sometimes you think, yeah. oh, I got to bid five or six or seven dollars because people other people are going to go for them, too. And it turns out not to be right. Uh, so it's it's kind of a two edged sword. It's Sometimes you think everybody else is in on it, the same guy as you, and it's not always true. It, sometimes it is, but you got to be willing to uh, assume that sometimes you're a little bit out there by yourself. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the things uh, Rob said this on another pod, uh, on a previous spot, sorry, when he said something like um, fab diversification between your teams, um, yeah. where like, because what happens if, if I see, I'll, I'll read Vlad's article or, or just check on Twitter and, okay, I'm estimating this guy's going to go between 10 and 20. Okay, I right. really want him. I'll go 27. Yeah. But I don't need the guy in every single team. Mm-hmm. So if I bid 17 on my six teams, I'll get him on four teams. Right. And then I'll save the 10 bucks on those six teams. Right. Um, I mean, there's there's exceptions where I want I absolutely love the guy. I'm willing to overspend on every team, but I don't have to do that with every guy. Get them on all six teams. Then then if two weeks later he gets hurt, then I just lost that money. Or if I'm wrong about the player, then I just lost that money. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, I think that's one thing sometimes going just for, for the median bid, except that you're not gonna get the guy on every single team and just diversify your teams because right now like a lot of my teams look alike um just because i get attached to players and i I try to pick them up every year sometimes everywhere sometimes it's worth it like a uh like a (coughs) sorry um an early gene segura bid for 10 bucks i don't mind doing that yeah uh but sometimes like vinnie p i didn't need on all six teams that was just 
Um, yeah, I know. I, I feel the same market way. and yeah. I have them on every single team and I'm just like, okay, you, you didn't have to do that, but you know. If, if I, I checked that this week, if I lowered all my Vinny P, Vinny P bids by $100, I would have I had it on four of my six teams, I believe. Right. And wow. then I have an extra, I mean, on four teams where I got them, I'd have an extra dollar, $100 in five, which would have gotten me McCarthy, Manacis, and a bunch of other guys. And those two other teams then have more money and I could have gotten whoever else. Yep. Um, Totally so right, man. It, I, I, for me, that's number one lesson this year. I have to keep it in mind next year. Yep. Um, and I was probably right in, in, in our chat, and you can pin it so we remember next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pin it. Pin it. Pin yeah, the back chat, to back baby. weeks. Back to back weeks. Uh, June 26th and July 3rd. Jaron Duran for 108 and Vinny Peak for 228. And it was just like yeah. the only guy that went over 100 for all year. Um, and the, that Duran one stung. It looked real. It, you know, it looked like he was putting it together and the PT was there. And uh, yeah, but instead, Jake McCarthy was the guy that we wanted Jaron Duran to be. Um, but one thing I was just thinking about real quick, um, when you're talking about the unopposed bids, you know, and, um, this, and this could be purely uh, speculative, but I know from just seeing when Vlad posts his, you know, um, results on Twitter, it seems like, you know, he's, I think he talks about how he's very aggressive, you know, early too. And he, yeah. you know, he doesn't mind paying up and getting his guys early. So, and I wonder too, if there's a thing to having a smaller unopposed bid when later on, when you have less, you're like almost shooting darts at like maybe players that, um, won't be, you know, as bid on because you don't have as much money, you know. So you're getting like either the back end guys or not the big guys of the week, and it kind of shrinks your, you know, your um, unopposed median um, down. Uh, just to just seeing how aggressive yeah. that he is early, that may be one of the things that factors in for him because he has to take these shots on the one dollar guys, you know, and um, or just really decrease the the amount of bids, even if it's you know five or six bucks uh, less. So uh, I know could me yeah. I'm the the opposite way, and I was just overspending throughout the whole year um, on everybody. <laughs> <And it's> just <laughs> it's the way it is. Oh God. Well, sometimes <laughs> it's scary when you're like in July. Okay, I have. 500 bucks left in fab no one else has this much money okay i have to spend it otherwise i'm gonna be stuck with it um but I, that was a lesson for me this year i mean there's there's gonna be guys come up in, that come up in august i think maybe especially with the um with the new rules the the rookie thing with like 140 plate appearances i think um mm -hmm. like a lot of top prospects came up in in early september um so if you can pick up all those if you can stay competitive and pick up all those guys in september um you can make it a run not if you're in sure. seventh place but um <laughs> if you manage to be in second or third without spending all your fab yeah, um, nice, you, nice can, you can really make your team better in, in september there's, yeah. there's there's always new players yep i agree there is always new players oh man i'm just looking back now like and and i had like at one point in my second main I had like a good amount maybe the second most amount in the top five, I felt comfortable. I'm like, I'm going to be able to make some moves. And, you know, and I think, again, it just got too aggressive now because you have extra, you know, and it started off bad with Rowan Wick, you know, he went for 12 with the backup and I had to go 44, like a mama Luke, you know? Um, <laughs> but then like the bid right behind it was, was, was perfect. It was a, it was a newt newt bid 14 to 11. So, you know, I did what I had to do there. 
got the guy I love there. But, uh, you know, I think that's the thing, too. All of all of the ones that really stick out are the really bad ones. But there was there's a lot of other ones that I, you know, I knew that I was aggressive on, but and won by a couple bucks, maybe more than I should. But that was just great for me. So um, but the bad ones uh, stick in my brain. Yeah, the, those always think um, I have to go. I'm just going to leave you with, with one last thing. Um, right. The one bit I don't regret this year, even though I overpaid, was you guys talk about it on the pod. It was um, Drew Rasmussen for, oh, yeah. I looked it up, 340 with the backup of 142. Um, right. I was on May 1st, and it's the high, I think it's the highest bit I've ever made. I might have gotten close with Vinny. No, not that high. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the highest bit I've ever made in since I've been in the NFBC. Um, and at the time, I had Rasmussen as a top 20 or 25 starting pitcher. I'm like, I mean, I have to spend whatever I have to, to get him. Um, he's given me 112 innings, 101 Ks, nine wins, 2.56 ERA, and 1.02 whip um, stud. in my starting lineup since I picked him up. So um, if you can get a stud pitcher like that, and it, like it's, after that, on that team, I was more careful um, with my fabits the following weeks. And I, at, at one point, I, I it, like it evened out with my other team. So um, I think that that like that team could be one of the things you said about Clyde, where you, you're aggressive early if there's a player you really like, and then you just adjust and make your bids lower and just become more efficient. Um, yep. and, and like my bids on that team, on that team weren't worse afterwards. They're probably just more efficient. Um, but I don't. I, I never felt um, stuck with the amount of fab I had left because um, it was May. I still had probably six hundred left on that team, five fifty maybe. So yeah, I never yeah, felt stuck. Fine. So there's a guy yeah. you like early. I think um, and Giltz is someone who's aggressive early as well. I think I'm starting to learn if if there's a guy you like, uh, you can be aggressive early, but you can afford one high guy and then you just adjust for the rest of the year. Yep. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> Thanks for joining right. us. I like these pop-ups. Uh, I think we're Thank getting a great you, conversation <laughs> out of the pop-ups. Enjoy your night, man. Thank you. Yeah, feel Thanks. better. You feel better. Guys. I will. Yeah. All right, Todd. Let's get into yep. the article here on the old sure. What is this? The second to last fab run of the yes, NFC season. Uh, before we get into it, how much money do you have left to spend in your league? Do you have any? I have between 3 and $7 in most of my leagues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's going to be some dollar bids, hoping to get a warm body if I need an injury pops up or something, or I see a schedule that I didn't see before. But yeah, I've got basically limited moves to go. How about yourself? I have two and 11 in my two mains. Um, two and 11. Yeah, two and 11. All my championship, um, zero um, in one team, um, six in another uh uh-huh. four on my third and in my auction league six bucks so so eleven dollars you can spend like a drunken sailor oh i know i know i know and and yeah i mean i was pretty i was pretty aggressive this week and in, in 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 that league as well um but i also wanted to give my chance the opportunity to you know make a couple of moves um sure that that I didn't want to force this week, you know, I didn't like, I think that's what a lot of the moves were 
Uh, and this is mainly, uh, mainly to hold off the guy behind me, Bradley Libros, and stay uh-huh. in second. He's just like ready to surge. Um, and uh, I don't think I'm going to catch first. I'm 11 points behind that, but I'm six and a half points in front of Libros, 11 points behind Katarumpus, who got hot again. His team gets on these crazy streaks where uh, where like he's in sniffing distance and then he he just takes off it's just a really well-built team um so yeah i tried to keep around some extra bucks and uh sure you know have it have it help me in the last week so the guy in front of me bob has two bucks i got 11 bradley has five and uh one buck and 50 bucks behind me so okay um, okay so you can uh, study the field and see see which moves are the best for you yeah yeah maybe even you know i can make maybe even do block moves too, you know? So, uh, yeah, yeah, if you want, sure, sure. If I want to, but yeah, so I, that was my thing on the team that I had money with was don't just spend it because you have no. a little bit more, you know? So no. I was just trying to be, like I said, really, really realistic with, you know, if I pick this guy up, am I going to, is he that much better than Kettle Marte for two games or, you know, um, either Tommy Edmond for two games, you know, I, even though I think he sat one, so that kind of hurts, but in in theory, I also needed stolen bases and average, so I wasn't gonna, you know, I didn't really want to sit him, pick up a guy who maybe runs, maybe gives a good average. You know, I, I know what I'm getting from him. So, I don't know. There was a couple. That's yeah. what happens in these leagues. You know, you really have these ultimate choices that you got to make. But in the end, I just said, let me yeah. save some for next week. And uh, I didn't want to speculate on bullpens yet because I feel like there's still so much change. So I didn't want to waste dollars on something that might happen. You know. Sure. So. That was my uh, okay. Well, let, let's go through the top guys, and you can tell yeah. tell us w- which guys you got. So Bryce Elder was the number one pickup in terms mm-hmm. of leagues added. I think partly because he was not owned at all before. He's picked up in thirty four leagues, and he of course had that great start uh, Monday. I think um, shut, nine inning shutout. Um, James and I got him in two of our three leagues. Um, nice. And, um, he has he has a good matchup at the end of the week as well, so he could he could build on that. But um, I, I remember that you didn't need pitching quite as much. So did you not focus on Elder? No, I I did have a buck for him um, uh-huh. in 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 the league where I had less money on because I, I I was like a little bit okay with making an upgrade at pitching if if I had to spend gotcha. an extra buck, and I really. Uh, gotcha was going for the win so um okay, okay and also in that league i had otani um well i not i not had him i have him on my team yeah, and um i had him slotted in at utility but um so i said i'm just gonna throw a buck on him and i think uh i think at the last moment i retracted Wentz because i didn't think Wentz was worth that you know dollar this week so i did elder and i said if i don't get elder um i'll i'm gonna throw a tani in a pitcher and um if if jake 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 mccarthy comes back i'll play him otherwise i'll i'll play kettle marte um okay and and uh, it's too because i wanted to turn over so many guys todd but when you don't have money you can't do it like josh bell like he he's not playing now versus lefties and he's just He's been terrible no, on top strange, of that too. And strange. I wanted to get rid of him, but I just, you know, 
that was that was the thing. Like, who was going to be better on my bench, him or some other guy? And I didn't have that much money. So, um, yeah. but so that's ultimately what happened. But I definitely was interested in that elder start in the one league. Um, yeah. the league where I have a couple more bucks. I didn't really um, need to get a starting pitcher. So, gotcha, but, gotcha. All right. Well, um, yeah, I mean, did uh, you yeah. did you need wins or would you just go in for like a overall um, pitching play? We need both wins and strikeouts in okay. the leagues that we added him. Yes. And so that was a nice plus that he gave us. We added uh, Wentz was the third highest pickup. He was the, uh, he was one of our added in one of our leagues. Um, but he did not have as good of a start of five innings, three earned runs. Yep. Um, so it wasn't quite as good, even though he had a good matchup, um, wasn't, didn't quite help us as the way we wanted. Quick um, thing on Elder too. He, he, he should be in line for Miami on next Monday, which, yeah. which, which is that extra bonus with that ad. I think if, if everything stays the same, um, you know, yeah. that's a, that's a good matchup to have next week too. I so agree. you don't really uh, have to stream thing, a guy uh, next week either. I know. I, I kind of was looking at all these guys as if it was, you know, a week and a half. How many starts were they going to get? This sort of thing. And um, but the one thing to remember, Rob, I'm sure you thought of this, is that with the hurricane in the southeast, uh, the schedule for the weekend between the Mets and the Braves might not be the same. Um, I don't know if they're going to have to postpone games or they're going to have to move games to another venue or they're going to play a double header. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. Right. But um, it could it could throw off the schedule to some extent. So right. I would think that people should keep that in mind and follow the news on what the schedule is, because that's a crucial series for positioning as well as our fantasy teams. Um, yep. So anyway, uh, this, we skipped over the number two guy, Nate Eaton. Uh, of course, he was he had stolen five bases in five games and uh, anybody needing steals really was trying to add him. And we did uh, add him in one league. I know uh, we, we had, a, I would think it was two, only two or three bucks, but that was enough to get him. Um, and hopefully, you know, he'll continue to run. I don't know if he's going to play. I think he's going to run. Um, I think the Royals are, are giving people the green light at this point in the season. So um, did you have a need for Nate Eaton? Yes, I, I I did have a need, and um, uh, Michael Mager um, got me for a buck, Michael, tied buck. Michael League, okay. Yeah, yeah, a tied yeah. buck, and he got the uh, he got the tiebreaker. Um, yep, yep, yep. I did pick him up in my head-to-head league for my championship week. Um, right. The fellow I'm playing has birdie, um, uh-huh. And a couple of other good speed threats, so I was kind. I was trying to give myself a better chance. I got a pretty decent speed team. It's not designed to, um, like overwhelm other. Like it's not designed to like win, win, win it every week. But it's a, it's it's there to compete every week. And every now and then, I'll I'll try to influx it if I think I can get a good grab on, on, um, like a good matchup. Uh, there was no in the guard to really target and, uh, you know, players that he's playing. <laughs> That's the easiest right, cheat right, code. Right. Um, yeah, sure. so, but, um, yeah, so I picked him up in my head to head championship week and I tried to pick him up in a main, um, cause yeah, like the playing time, he's got the dual eligibility now, which is huge. Um, they're yep. a base outfield, which is pretty nice. So, yep. um, 
Yeah. It was, uh, no, I, think he, he was good, good. I think it's a pickup. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And then the, the fourth guy, Brian De La Cruz, continues to hit. Love I mean, him. I always thought he was a pretty good hitter, you know, um, and, and and he never quite got the recognition or the playing time regularly. But towards the end of this season, he is playing regularly, he is hitting actually very, very well. Um, and, uh, you know, he was the uh, fourth highest pickup with 27 leagues. Still, people weren't spending, Rob. It was only a high of $9 to get him. Um, but it was a question of whether he needed an outfielder, I guess. And um, we didn't really need an outfielder uh, at this point. Did, did you go for him or no? Yes. I, um, let me see real quick. I picked him up in my auction league. Yeah. Uh, yes, my auction league. I got him for four bucks, and in my main event, I lost um, my bid for him. I think in both leagues. Yeah, in both leagues. Um, not not this week, but previous weeks. Um, okay. Yeah, I have my eye on him for a while now. I have him on a couple of draft champions, um, and every now and then when he's gotten his chance to play. Um, I've kept them on my watch list, but yeah, last, last, um, last 14 days. I mean, last 30 days has been hot, but the last 14 days, 45 plate appearances, three homers, six runs, 14 ribbies. You know, um, crazy eight barrels. Kind of amazing that with his eight bad as barrels, phenomenal. As bad as Rob, as bad as their, their, their offense has been that he didn't play more during the season. Really. Absolutely. When he got sent back down the last time, I was wondering why it was not letting him get more, more playing time and why it was forced for Blade or um, I don't know. Um, especially after they sent down Sanchez, I thought it was just going to be let De La Cruz roll. And um, yeah. I think, I think he's, he's shown them enough during the course of the year to, uh, but I think like he's he's yeah. one of the guys that'll get like bit if they try to upgrade or if they try to trade, you right, know. Right, right. Um, I don't I don't argue with giving Blade uh, time, but I mean, as bad as their offense has been, it seems like there should be room for both of them. Um, right. I'll, yep. I I, I I totally agree. I totally I I think he deserved uh, a good a good shot of playing time, but um, yeah, I yeah. think he maybe, definitely. Maybe he, he needs a new location. Maybe they just mm. let him go. They don't. They don't really care about him. Maybe somebody else will pick him up. You don't know. Right, right. So let's see. Uh, the net, the number five guy was Braxton Garrett, who was mm -hmm. back from injury. A lot of guys dropped him because he was hurt and out out you know out of pocket. Um, he was picked up in twenty five leagues, and eighteen dollars was his high bid, one dollars low bid. Um, I liked him. I, I had him on a few waterfalls, didn't end up getting him. Uh, but I do think he's a good pitcher. He might not be a big strikeout guy, but he's he's been good all season. You know, he's not been like, uh, you know, in and out like some of the other starters on, on sort of um, uh, lower echelon teams. He's been pretty solid this whole year. Yep, he has been for sure. Um, I... Yeah, didn't have him. He was another guy too that I um that I really only wanted Garrett. I mean, um Bruce Bryce Elder. And uh like I said I, I mentioned Wentz. Garrett was another one of the types where I said, nah, you know, I think right. uh 
I just because I wanted with that dollar to get a guy like I mentioned him having a good possible start against the Marlins. They have two good starts with that last buck, you know. Yeah. Yep, um, yep. And uh, yeah, he had a great got a great matchup too against the Brewers, I think, which don't do well versus lefties. In my other league too, he he went for eighteen bucks, which uh, again Bradley Libros had had a little bit of a hammer there and uh, and used it. Okay. He uh, is two starts left now at Milwaukee, and now he's versus Atlanta uh, next Tuesday. Is the mm-hmm. schedule. So it's not ideal, maybe, but he's still a good, solid pitcher. Yep. Um, so uh, let me read the last five guys that were number six through 10 on our list. Um, number six is one of your favorite players, Jared Kelnick. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, he's back and he's playing, and Julio was out. So uh, it looked like he had a sort of clear path to at bats. Um, number seven was Michael Lorenzen, who Phil brought up with his Oakland Oakland starts coming up. So he was a good target for uh, managers needing starts. Um, number eight was Jehuan Bay, mm-hmm. who was a you know big steals minor league player. Um, so he was another play like Eaton for stolen bases. Then number nine, Ezekiel Tovar, who's with the Rockies. Uh, he may steal bases also, but there's no more games at Coors. And then number 10, uh, Domingo Acevedo. He was picked up a lot la- previous week, but there were still a few leagues where he wasn't um, uh, added. So in 15 leagues, he was picked up for saves. So uh, any comments on those guys, Rob, or what's your overall thoughts on them? Yeah, so... Um... Yeah, Lorenzen, I like the I like the double matchup, um, yep. Oakland, Oakland. Um, I think that was definitely attractive um for a lot of people, not just getting the one good start, but maybe two. Mm-hmm. Um but he he was gone in my leagues um already. And then um Kelnick, it's funny. It's funny how how he, you know, and and this is what you have to do in fantasy baseball. Like if it makes sense for you, and you know, sure. you think it could be a possible thing that works out. You know, all year, you know, he's been he hasn't been great, and I do have him on one early draft champion team where, okay, um, okay, he's, he yeah he was, you know, when I did my I think it was one of the first draft champions I did, if not the first one, and. So, you know, you're still learning your depth chart and where you want to pick guys. And, you know, I just felt like the power speed combo for where he was, it was, it was, it was a good, decent price. He hasn't done anything with it, but um, this is the time, like Phil mentioned four games next week. Um, They're in the race. So if, if, you know, if he's hitting semi, well, he's going to get some run here because you know, they're trying to make the playoffs and, if he can help them, they want him to help them, you know? So sure, sure. Um, I think that was a, a good speculative play um, in, yeah, in some I leagues. Agree. Tovar, I really liked his skills. Obviously, um, prospect guys like James Anderson and, you know, Michael Richards have, have really been, you know, high on him for a while now. So uh, it's, um, it's tough because he's not going to be in Colorado. Um, but you know, it it doesn't mean a player can't still thrive, you know, maybe he's a type of skill that transcends that. Um, yeah, yeah. he could still have a hot, uh, several games, of course. Uh, 
I just don't trust the Rockies necessarily. To well, play yeah, hundred percent. It's it's. I mean, the Rockies are a mess. So, so for some unknown reason, you have them in the lineup and they sit them for two straight games. I mean, I just uh, I'd rather uh, tangle with another uh, player on another team to, personally. Um, yep. But anyway, uh, yeah, I think he's got a lot of talent. There's no doubt about that. Um, yep. Yeah, and Acevedo, he was. Uh... He was gone yeah. in my league too. I think I actually scooped him up yeah, in my auction league. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this week in my main, I I, I picked up Oliveras for a buck, um, Jonathan uh-huh. Aranda for a buck, and um, uh-huh. Bildemar Vargas for a buck. I wasn't, um, I wasn't, I didn't know. I had um, Brian Hayes and Jeremy Pena, and they were both kind of coming into the week with some injuries. Pena had a concussion, like a laceration, and Hayes was battling back injuries. So um, he had third base and shortstop eligibility. They got four games on Friday to Sunday. So he was more like, I need to cover a couple spots here with one guy. And he he stuck out from Friday to Sunday. So I figured I'd, I'd scoop him up. Um, Oliveras was a guy I wanted. I was thrilled to get him for a buck. Um, yeah. Aranda, also I'm trying to... Um, Protect average. I didn't know how long Cruz, I mean, Yandy Diaz was going to be out for. It sucks that Amanda didn't get the start yesterday, but, um, you know, I liked his bat. I like his, uh, I like his skill set. Um, my other main, let me tell you what I did real quick. I, this is where I had some money left. I spent eight bucks on Edward Alvarez to okay. back up of three, eight bucks on JD Martinez. Nice. Um, I know he hasn't been great, but the seven game week and um, I needed power. I just need some type of production. Um, so I felt it was like a decent, decent grab. I hope he uh-huh. hope he gets uh-huh. uh, a nice, decent week for me. And um, speaking about, you know, overbidding, I really, really needed power. So I scooped up Dermis Garcia. Um this, okay, is, Dermis, this is the league yeah. where I did have the opportunity to chop Josh Bell, gotcha. but gotcha. I got him six six to zero. But uh, you know, okay. really need okay. to make a power push. So um, yeah, yeah that, you that, needed a home runs. Yeah, yeah, I need home runs, and I know he's striking out a ton, but seemed to be you know locked into a pretty decent role. So um, yeah, I think just looking for that for like sure. Eric, like the the Aristides Aquino type week, you know, where yep, 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 yep. you know you just hope to get. You know, two or three jacks, which is really um would be great. So um yeah, yeah. I'm excited yeah, for like, this to... final week, man. It's 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 I'm excited because it's gonna be over. Like and I get to breathe a little bit. Um and uh, I'm excited because you know, we're gonna be making our last decision points, you know, that that's really gonna right. you know, input into the season. So it's so, kind of freeing freeing in a way, yeah. It is um, freeing. It's 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 very freeing. It's I almost wanted to just spend all my money now, so I didn't have to worry you, about this. Week. <laughs> you, you could be in the Bob Cremutola, you know. There's nothing I can do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 right. He's got it the right way. He's not stressing about it right now. Yeah, he's right. done kicking he's his not, feet back. He's not stressing like we are. No, no, no. In the one, the most competitive main for James and I, we got Nate Eaton for six dollars. Uh, Joey Wentz for two. It, as I said, that didn't work out as much. And we picked up a Kiel Badu for one dollar. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just Sounds- trying to get at bats and production, and you know, so that's what we did. It's it's uh, like you said, it's it's 
you make, you make your choices, you build the waterfall and you got to go with what you end up getting. That's all. Um, yep. Yep. Absolutely. So in the, in the wow bids of the week, uh, you know, is the lowest wow bid uh, of the year uh, was Aaron Savali, $58. As you'd expect, it's dropping down. Uh, and it wouldn't have necessarily expected Savali to be the high one, but that's, that's where it is. Um, he was uh, unopposed in this particular bid. So, and, and he was added in a few other leagues, uh, nothing is high, higher than five bucks. So you just can't tell at this point of the season who's gonna, who's got money and what do they want. And uh, but anyway, with Savali, this just for uh, for bookkeeping purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, no century bids anymore. And then the remaining fab, Rob, is is now sixty dollars by you know mathematically dividing the uh, the, the dollars not bid um, versus all the divided by all the teams. Um, but of course, we know that last year there was $57 unspent per team. So if that's right, there's about $3 per team for the active teams left. And I, as I've said before, I think that's about right. I, I think there's, you know, teams with 3 to $6 kicking around. And then there's a few teams like uh, that just haven't spent at all or way high and mm-hmm. just gave up, you know. So I think I think there's only a, a few moves here and there for people, and um, you know one or two dollars is going to be all that you're going to see this weekend. Um, but the interesting thing I did want to mention, Rob, Rob was um, that uh, th- although there was more spending last year at the very very beginning, um, the the pattern of spending was very similar. So I feel like. If you study this pattern, which has occurred for two years in a row, um, if if you're more disciplined than than generally than I was, you can sort of lag the number, and in most leagues, that's going to work, and you're going to have more money than your competitors. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, it's not the the idea is not to spend zero at the beginning because that's a bad strategy, but but the idea is to lag a little bit this curve of spending that we see uh, repeated, and I think it's probably gonna repeat next year. And if you do that, I think you're in pretty good shape all through the year, not just um, not just at the end game. So- Right, um, yeah, and, and, and that's why, you know, it's really useful to read your article and it's really useful to navigate the NFBC site and, and yeah. you know, download the data and, and just see the trend. Just, just look yeah. at the, you know, the bid, the bidding trends and, the player trends and which players tend to go for this amount of money. It, it it's really, yeah. it's really important, you know, yeah, it um, does. It does. Not, so not to say you can't, you know, just, you know, bid on guys without looking at stuff like that, but it's available. Right. And, and, you know, you can really, Oh, there's speaking of fucking De La Cruz. He just had a Jack versus Taiwan Walker and oh, no. city field. Yeah. Good. See, that's what happens when you root for guys on the other team. Fantastic. Is it the other thing too? You know, like picking up Bryce Elder, you know, I'm like, well, you know, do I really need to root for a fucking win for (laughs) Elder? You know, but um, you know, sometimes you gotta do we're in the playoffs, Rob. We're in the playoffs, and I fight for playoff spot. Um yeah, yeah. You can't you can't worry about that. The the Mets are big boys, they can take care of themselves. 
yeah yeah like you know listen if if they happen to uh have to face the dodgers and you know in the second round instead of another team so be it you know whatever Somebody, what somebody's gonna have to beat the dodgers uh at some point 100 percent. or it's not gonna 100%. work anyway so yeah, yeah. You know, it's nice it's nice to have the ideal quote ideal path but that doesn't always work out my my son is uh, out in seattle and uh you know he he said I asked him, I said, look, I don't think the Mariners want to play the, the Guardians in the first round. And he said, oh, you know, uh, I don't think they're that good. And I said, well, I think you're, I think you're wrong. Uh, they got a great pitching staff and bullpen. And, uh, but sometimes, you, can, you know, the Mariners are going to be happy just to get in the playoffs. You know, so anyway, uh, we'll see what happens. Going to the Coliseum, there were uh, four pickups that we looked at or I looked at. And I gave two wins and two pushes, no losses. The wins were Gunnar Henderson and Corbin Carroll. Um, Gunnar was really solid, 265 average, two homers. Um, and I think he had 14 RBIs. That was an easy win. Uh, Corbin Carroll was not quite as good, but a higher average, one more homer. Um, not quite as many counting stats, but I still thought uh, he did have a steal also. I still thought he got over the hump for a win. And then um, everybody's favorite angel reliever, Jimmy Herget. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was, he, he was, uh, I mean, it was just frustrating because his numbers are outstanding. He has a 0.90 array in the three weeks, um, but they just wouldn't give him the save opportunities that they even had for some unknown reason. They kept putting him in the sixth inning and he got one save in three weeks. And I think that sort of, disqualifies him from being a win um and then the last guy is michael toglia who was okay 210 a homer a steal he didn't really he didn't really do anything special so i think he was fine but he had a lot of games at coors and really didn't didn't uh, get over the hump for me i so, i picked him up in in a lot of leagues and let me tell you he yeah. is a big loss in terms of i guess i guess in terms of just expectancy you know i get yeah. um let me pull yeah. it up real quick I, I just had it up but let's see he he was a um in the league and my second meeting where i had some some money left i had that hammer um yeah. but actually a lot of the league had a lot of money left compared to my my first main everyone was in the same range with lower um lower money overall but in one main, I got him 22 to 12. And yep. the other one, I got him four to two. Um, and, yep. you know, I streamed him for power. And that's it. Yep. Like, and he actually had a home run in the middle of this stretch where I think got him some extra playing time too. You know, like it was almost okay. like a save his playing time homer. Like that, that he yeah. might not even had all that playing time. Um, yeah, with that yeah. home run in the middle, bought him a couple of extra I mean, more 62 games. At, sixty-two at bats is 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 a good number. Sixty-two. What a dud. Yeah, what I mean, dud. he had two triples in one game, man. I just wish you know, where are my total bases? What do I get for that? Nothing. You get nothing. Fuck. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, anyway, yeah, I think it was disappointing. I think I really expected a better average with all those cores games. Um, yep. But anyway. Uh, even with the, all that, uh, we got a 39% um, 
a good ad record for this year versus 24% last year. And the poor uh, ads were 40% versus 49. So it was good. You know, it was, it's been a good, strong year for pickups, uh, much better than the previous year. Um, then uh, looking at the overall standings, uh, Bob Kremitola back in first over Scott Jensen. He was he had fallen to second just by a few points as of the week before, but he's back. And we know it's not because he made any fab moves. Um, his team is just <laughs> performing better. And uh, Scott might have had a little bit of a, uh, a down period, but uh, Scott is still second. Steve Weimer is third. Mm-hmm. Ben Tid fourth. Bob Katsarumpas, your arch enemy, is fifth. And Steven Japinka moved uh, strongly up to sixth. Yep. Uh, he's he's in good shape, and he's he's in uh, he's in a league with who is it? it with, he's in a, he's not in first in this league. I forget who it is now, um, but one of these other guys is in front of him. Uh, but anyway, he uh, it's uh, maybe maybe if I look down look down at the um, the league leaders, let's see which league um, number is it. I think it's I think it's Ned Donahue is ahead of him. Uh, Ned Donahue has 136 points in League 1034. Oh yeah, and uh, Stephen Japinka has 135. Mm-hmm. The, the third place guy is 96.5. So yeah, they are wow. like four, 40 points ahead of the third place guy. Yeah, that's and even more right in- now. It's 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 137. Ned has 137. He's 10th overall. Jupinka has 135, fifth overall. And then the next place guy is 34, uh, 94 yeah. and a half. So full 40. It's amazing. Points. Amazing that wow. they just yeah, they... ripped through the league uh, to that extent. Gentleman um, has 20 and, a, 20 and a half points in that league. And that's in last. Wow. That's a bad season. I don't wish that on anybody. There's a 15th place guy with 20 points. The last place guy in that league has 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, um, yeah, I mean, you know, when you get that low on one guy, then it, it really helps everyone elsewhere, yeah, you know, it, especially it at the top, especially at the top. But to... I wonder if that, that guy stopped playing or what happened. But, but yeah, that's when it's a really a 14-team league, that's certainly uh, helpful to the other players. Right. Um, but anyway, they're they are doing great, and they're way up near the – top of the overall standings and uh let's see steve weimer has also third and eighth mm-hmm. uh, scott fleming is 11th and 16th um matthew davis surged up and he's now in 12th overall he was not even in the top 20 um so he's doing outstanding uh robert mershek ian connor in 10th place overall this is all as of monday morning um but anyway some great Players, I would say uh, the top five or six have, have a reasonable shot at the at first overall, but um, a lot of the crazy things can happen in the last week and a half. Um, yep. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, it's exciting to see that. And then maybe, um, maybe just uh, we can just look briefly at that very last entry, Rob, which is the, uh, the, the shout outs for the p- players winning and in the top three in, in quite a few leagues. Uh, Brian Slack, one first, two seconds, one third. Uh, Ned Donahue, two first, one second. And then 
players with the uh, first sec one first one second one third are Scott Wagoner, Stephen Japinka, John Posma, who's a, like a machine. He's one second and two thirds in the mains, and I know he's doing very well in other formats as well. Um, and then I won't mention all of them, but two first places: Scott Jenstad, Mark Srebro, and Scott Fleming. Um, and there's a few other guys I listed here, including Rob DiPietro with two second. Places. Oh, two seconds. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, got to do better. Got to do better, man. Uh, you're, you're doing Toby. Toby got Toby Webin, um gave on. Sorry. Gave on. Toby gave on. Backflip crazy. He has um, two seconds as well. So he has two seconds. Uh, and so does Richard DeMondo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we, we play a, a deep second fiddle to Steve and Phil and I'll in our chat so <laughs> unfortunately and 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 we're the short guys in the group too we're like five four and they're like six six eight apparently they're like built like chris that porzingis i didn't know that so is that right yeah apparently so okay we we could we should analyze by height uh in some future year uh, <laughs> bill Bill had that baked into his model. How how each person is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got your body mass index. He's got your heart rate. He has everything. Yeah, this is why yeah. this guy's good. And yes, yeah. I see that. Which is which is tough when it when it's uh, two people sharing a team. Do you take the average height or do you... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to analyze that, but it's somewhere in his model. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so good stuff, Todd. So, Thank you. So, so we're gonna we'll come back uh, next week. We'll yeah, it'll be just a couple days to go. I guess we'll try to podcast Tuesday, Wednesday, or something. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll try to get it out then, and and we'll maybe we can um, if if we need to, you know, talk about it a couple of days after the season end. If we just need to process things, either way, sure. uh, that the next time, yeah, that we'll be podcasting. We'll be going over some of our favorite ads in the main event, whether it be on our teams or just in general, because sure, of, sure. of, of us looking at this every week and you write in the article, Todd, we get to kind of, you know, we already have a good idea of who's been yep. scooped up and um, that'd be interesting too. I want to, like you mentioned, um, you know, you don't know if everyone's held these players, but what's cool about the NFC feature is, you know, it takes a little work, but you can go week to week and see if, you know, if, yeah. if, if that person, like, like you mentioned, Stephen Kwan, like you can kind of mention, you can go each week to the, um, start own percentage yeah. on the main event and just see if he was actually held or if he was chopped in some yeah, leagues. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, we'll we try to, uh, I, yeah, I've, I've sent you some preliminary info about, uh, awesome. Some of the guys that I thought were good early pickups, and we can awesome. kind of go through that and see, you know, did, were they quick ads that everybody piled on right away, or were they sort of slow upward curves, um, and did people sort of drop them in between? Um, yep. So anyway, that'll be interesting, and my plan, Rob, is to do an article next Monday with three days of baseball to go. And then do one more at the once the season is completed. Right. Awesome. Um, I'm excited about that. Whatever you want to put out there into the world, Todd. We'll, we're going to be reading it. And um, right. especially because, uh, you know, I think it's important to look back a little bit before you yep. move forward. A lot of people, including myself, will, you know, it, 
it's an itch to get back into drafting. You, you know, you want to see the market already. You want to see the ADP. And I think it's good to get involved in one early draft. Um, that's maybe, maybe that puts you, you know, even if it puts you outside of your comfort zone, I think it's, it's really good to get into a room, even if it's with some guys that, you know, and that are really good competitors, it, it doesn't matter. Like you're going to learn by where players are going. It's going to help right. into your, you know, off season studies, into your evaluation. You may pick up on players like, Oh, why is this person going here? And then you do a dive on that person. And right, then maybe exactly. you realize, Oh, yeah. this is uh, actually not too I bad. You know, I, yeah. I, I might need you to coach me through a draft champion. Cause I, you know, you, I generally just do the fab leagues, uh, but maybe if uh, you give me a few pointers, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do one of those earlier ones and that'll sort of help me along the way. Yeah, that, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's, I think it's good too, because you're getting like an early look and it doesn't even have to be sometimes about really just diving into stats and metrics. Right. Um, you know, first thing first, you know, you just go through the, the organizational depth chart, just kind of yep. go through contracts, see who's like, that's my first thing I make free agents. Um, especially for closers, you know, I want to see who's like might be going into an arbitration year who might be yeah. limited because a team is, doesn't want them to cost more. Who's going to be the, that Richard Rodriguez, right. Who gets, you know, a lot of saves, but we know is a free agent. So he gets traded yeah. halfway through the year. Um, and once you get that in your brain, you kind of have the good idea of depth chart and then you can, you know, it's, it's, it's the base. It's, I think it's the most important base to start with before you even dive into, you know, barrel rates and everything else that you like to look at, you know, um, just, just see the team situations. And I think it helps too, because, you know, when rookies start going off the board and you're like, no, I have this steady, the steady Eddie vet that's going to go here. He's going to bat every day because his playing time is smooth. You know, you could see the playing time and, uh, Start with the bad teams. I think that's what's. Uh, I think that's a good huh. process too. Like, interesting, because interesting. yeah, because you know what? We there's so much good playing time that comes from bad teams. You know, you get so many good players uh, because good teams. You know, players don't have as much of a leash. You know, they're right, right. they want to succeed. They're running through guys. There's it's kind of like your fab teams. You know, <laughs> like they're just <laughs> churning and burning because they have to be the like their most optimal self to yeah, make the yeah, playoffs yeah. and be, you know. Um, but some teams well, like they have like more the Pirates, if you could time their like playing time, like even though they platoon a lot of guys, if you got in on a Rodolfo Castro, like he was great, you know, for a little bit. You, you know, yeah. you. Um, you know, Ben Gamble's a guy I have on so many draft champions and he helps as a yeah, fifth yeah, outfielder, yeah. you know, because at this time of the year, you're throwing him in there when everybody else is hurt. Sure. Sure. Cause yeah. you've got playing time. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, the household names are generally on the big name teams. So you, you kind of know them a little bit already, you know um, it's, it's, it's maybe uh, the Marlins. You, you need to know who's pitching for them. Yes. Um, so, uh, you know, I agree. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll bother you for some tips. Yeah. And, and maybe we'll, uh, we'll, free we'll see if I can. Yeah. Yeah. Start with the free agents. Uh, it's so big okay. too, because you're like, uh, and you know, maybe let's start looking at tendencies, uh, you know, the, um, uh, the, the rays are, are known for, you know, going for a guy like Kluber every year, maybe an older vet that they need to anchor some innings and you like kind of maybe get a little, like, Oh, you know what, this, uh, this would be a good destination for a guy like, uh, 
you know, Nathan Eovaldi, who I think is a free agent, you know, right. like maybe you try to, right. you know, you try to speculate where these players may, may, you know, land. It's not, it's not like you're going to get every single one right, or maybe not even get one right, but I think it's a good brain activity to get into yeah, yeah, looking yeah. at depth charts, you know. I think, for them. yeah, the, the, the dynasty leagues help me a lot with, um, I think they're helping me more and more every year, especially in draft champion, just kind of knowing, uh, you know, what to expect from organizations. Sure. Cause you're looking, you know, you're looking at guys in, in single A, double A. And then when they move up, you're, you're like, Oh, this guy, you know, you kind of did a little dive into his history. Like, you know what, this guy might be a threat, you know, to, to take some playing time from a Jake Fraley or whoever, you know? So um, that's, that's where to start Todd. But um, All right. What's the call for the Aaron that. Judge? Where is he going to land on? For the final number? Final number. Say, final number is going to be 64. He, he, I think he'll once That's he gets his next too. once he gets the next one, I think it'll be, you know, it'll be a little easier. I mean, he was walked four times last night. Um, you know, I mean, I, I know and the Jays are trying to, you know, lock down a playoff spot, but uh, I think he'll face some weaker pitchers uh, before the year's over. Um, Kevin Gausman said, I'm not going to be part of a trivia answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, well, they don't, you know, they don't have, they certainly don't have to groove one to him, but. Uh, well, listen, know, it's, think... it's not, it's not a disappointment if he doesn't get even anymore, no. you know, because no. honestly he cannot hit anymore and it'd just be a marvelous, marvelous season. Um, I know oh, like yeah. actually some, some people were calling out whether, or not, it's smart to give him like a little bit of a break too, you know, like even just one game, you know, because yeah, they need yeah. him for the World Series. I forgot how many, you know, for, I mean, the playoff run, you know, so they're not going to make the World Series, time. but, um, you know, you didn't need him in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't need him in the playoffs. So uh, you're not uh, going for the Yankees Mets World Series, huh? Oh, I've, I listen, I'd love that. Uh, I do nothing I would want more to happen because I think that would just be great. You know, yeah. this time around, I don't have to worry about Roger Clemens throwing a bat at Mike Piazza because <laughs> some meatball thinks he broke his bat on purpose and it landed in front of him. But um, Judge last had a day off August 3rd. Yeah, you know? he needs a break. There's no doubt. I, mean, I think maybe when they leave Toronto, he's gonna they're, they're going to sit him down at least. I mean, they have been just DHing him a couple of games here and there. But um, yeah, I think you give him a break. You know, I mean, he needs to sort of recharge a bit. Yeah, just give him an extra day of that high-intensity yoga that he used to help him stay healthy <laughs> and hit 60 homers. And um, We all need that. We all need that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for him. I, like I said, I, I, he grew – he made up such a big difference. And I know when we spoke um, – uh, Last time about Otani, I think with uh, Spora, with Otani and yes. Judge, and I was yes. firmly on Otani. But I think like what Judge doing this year is what you have to do to to win MVP from Otani because Otani is so valuable to the two way play, and he's exceptional in both things. Two hundred strikeouts, right. one of only nine pitchers with two hundred strikeouts, it is is insane. But a season like this is what you have to do, in my opinion, right. to win MVP over Otani. Like what exactly. Judge is doing now is is deserving of it. You know, they're both good. They're both great. I mean, you hundred percent, hundred percent. The years and, that um, they've had are, are just fantastic. And um, you know, I just I think Judge is going to be a first round 
in almost all NFBC drafts, but, but I don't think I'm going to go for it because I'm not going to go I for just, it now. I, I just think he had a season, a great season that uh, he might still be very, very good, but I don't think the numbers are going to come like they came this year. Um, um, so, lifetime Yankee? Yankee What's that? Lifetime Yankee? Oh, God. If they don't re-sign him, I think there's going to be a riot. So, yeah, I think they're going <laughs> to... They're, they're gonna they they back themselves in the corner. They cost themselves money, and they it's like it's like uh, Rob when you uh, when you make a bad draft pick, you know you just got to eat it sometimes. You know they what, made a bad decision. What do you think? As like if you're Aaron Judge, what what yeah. like I think he he seems like the type of guy who would want that. He wants that lifetime Yankee. Yeah. Like he he yeah. he'll have his number in the back um yeah but like what do you think would be being that type of person trying to put yourself in his shoes what would be the number that makes you say shit like maybe i gotta take this other deal like is there any like uh, from another team what would another team have to offer yeah um like what if the yankees give like a hard number and another team is like a hundred million dollars more like yeah, what if I mean, it's three hundred to four hundred million? Like, uh, like is that for the for the same number of years? I mean, I, I mean, I think I think the Yankees would like to pay him more per year, but for less uh, for a fewer number of years, right? Um, but uh, I would be I would not be surprised if another team gave him like fifty mil per. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like, because you know, and. Again, I'm not I'm not biased in any way, but Steve Cohen, who who's got this deep right. pocket, like, and I think those are the deals where he might actually go for and 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 mm-hmm. like appease these players who are looking for that. You know, um, it's yeah. one reason why I thought too that you know it would not that the Nationals would trade him to the Mets, but he knows that in a in an open market, he's going to have a good shot at him if he wants to go get him. But Judge, yeah. I think, is that thing. <laughs> Just like I was telling my brother, the Yankee fan, like, what if Cohen gives him 50, 60 million a year for four years? What if he says, here, here you go? Like, I don't right. know. Is, it, is that enough? Or does he just want I think uh, I think they'd also have to give him the years more than four years. Right, exactly. I don't think he's going to leave the Yankees for uh, 50 million times four I think he's going to want, you know, maybe less money per, but he's going to want more years. So, so what do you give him as a Yankee, Cohen, um, as, uh, as a GM, Yankee seven, eight years? If, if I'm the Yankee, I mean, I, yeah. I think they, they try to go less years than that. Um, okay. But I think they, they, they might give him like five-year contract, start out with that and see if they can get away with like 40 in the 40s. And uh, that's still a massive amount of money. And uh, they might add a year or, or go up a little bit if they're pressed. But, you know, they'll hope that th- this is enough for Judge. And like you said, he might want to stay a Yankee instead of switching. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, guess, I think there's a point at which the Yankees won't go. But I don't think it's going to be because they don't make it like a competitive offer. I don't think they're going to just say, well, we offered him 235 before, that's it. Um, but, mm. uh, you know, I, I think if 
some team like the Angels decides that for whatever reason they're going to go for the one player route again and you know we're going to give him you know uh, <laughs> 70 million for you know something crazy I, I don't know I mean I think he at a certain point it's so much money Rob I mean I don't know I don't know if he's, he's not the type of guy that's like I'm so great I need the the highest and biggest contract ever you know so that I can just feel good about myself um, mm, yeah we'll see yeah. we'll see it's, it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be interesting yeah, i know before we go yes. let me ask you some, um a question do, yes. do you does anyone ever tell you stories or pass information backwards like they, tell me stories that are backwards yeah like so like maybe they're trying to give you so i found this like i know certain people who do this in my life that like have yeah. this approach to storytelling or or just right information in general and it starts and they try to give you the shorthand version and then but by (laughs) wanting to give you more info now they go backwards and it becomes the full version but backwards and with like backwards detail that hurts my brain i think think what that is rob is that the person wanted to give you the long version all all the time they did you know Yeah. yeah they did it's not it's not like they're trying to tell backwards or they're they're trying to give you more information they wanted they might have said i'll give you the short version or whatever they they're they're they want you to be a captive audience they want you to say oh this is going to just take a minute i'll tell you the short version and then they want to give you more and more and more details so i think that's my theory about that is uh it's it's sort of a trap to uh keep you uh hostage in effect maybe i give off too much of of interest too like maybe Maybe yeah. the person like was like, oh, this looks like it's pretty interesting. And they like, so like, oh, maybe I'll tell them more. It seems like it's a good topic. Maybe I should just completely, you know, look, look yeah, yeah. like. You're, you're interested at the beginning. There was a, uh, I used to work uh, downtown at the financial firm. And there was this woman that used to work with us. And uh, she was well known that if you got trapped in a conversation with her, you just couldn't end it. Right. She yep. would just keep talking. So the, the key with her, was if you saw her in the hallway or something, you would say hello and you would just keep moving. You would never stop mm-hmm. because if you did, it was it was a half hour at least. So, I mean, I think this is part of my theory is that people just, they want to, some people just want to talk. And uh, that's, yeah, it, that's it, it's called the, it, it's called the stop and chat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. want to grab you. They want, they want you to sit there and listen to them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so in, in some cases you get just got to cut it off yeah yeah it's just like you know yeah so you know my friend he came over because they had to fix up my house and you know um so yeah. while he was there you know and it broke it broke because you know um you know while my cousin was over yeah and you know he's with this girl and she's crazy too like that three kids and you know they're nuts and the guys at work and you know so they were there and they broke this you know thing and um you know like it went all in pieces and my mom she had to clean up she broke her hip and it just goes backwards 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 and you're like what is happening <laughs> you know um and and it's funny too because um you know anytime <clears throat> They have spoken to some pretty consistent people um, through direct message who, you know, maybe reach out and ask for, you know, like starter sit advice or um, like um, keeper advice, you know, um, in the off season. And, you know, I think they know me well by now to include every detail of the league, you know, because first of all, you can't really make a like 
I just want to give no, people the no. best, the best advice possible. And I sure. need to know everything. So it's funny too, because I get a lot of that. Like, who would you start this week? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, um, you know, him, uh, Mateo. Right. And uh, well, you know, I need home runs. Uh, okay. Well, then not Mateo, you know, <laughs> you know, and um, yeah, right. it's, it's head to head league, but it's, um, it's, it's OBP and OBS. All right. Well, what else now? Now you have to tell me more, you know, it's like a, a similar thing. Like just start off, you know, right from the bat with the full thing. Like it's just 12 yeah. teams. This is head to head. It's a two week right, playoffs. Right. And some you people, know. they want, they want you to say the player that they want you to say. So they, every time you say Mateo or somebody they don't want, they want to give you some more information. That will make you... <laughs> That's not the answer I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, so let me tell you that I really need power. And let me tell you that the batting average doesn't matter. And let me, t- I was like, oh my God, you know. So anyway, I, I want to tell you a funny related story to this. It's, okay. it's very short, I assure you. That's fine. Um, I, had a bo- I had a boss who was the head of the department. And, and because he was the head of the department, he would, he would get invited to these meetings they didn't really want to go to with clients. So he would show up at the beginning, you know, and he'd be very interested and happy, but, but he, need, he needed to do other things, right? He couldn't spend two hours in the full meeting, right? So he would, what he'd have his secretary do is call him down, at, not on his uh, cell phone, but uh, mm. on the, the phone in the conference room, like That's it was really official and call him. And he, somebody else would pick up and say, uh, uh, Frank, it's for you. And yep. he would go to the phone and he would, oh, 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 okay, okay. And he'd hang up and he'd rush out and he lit, would leave his notebook and his pencil and his, his, some of his stuff that he really didn't even need. But he would bring it down there for a fact. He'd leave it like as if he was coming back, right? But it was just as something that come up and everybody could see that. And yep. then he'd be gone. He'd never return. And so it was just such a... <laughs> You know, because he just couldn't afford to spend two hours in a meeting. So anyway, I just thought it was everybody develops these things that, you know, you got to sometimes you got to you can't afford the time to do what other people want you to do. Right. A hundred percent. That's my little story for the day. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's a great point. It's it's it's. It's so funny. It's just, yeah. I love, I love human interaction. It's great. You know, it's a, that's why I like shows like Seinfeld and Kirby Enthusiasm, which is oh, about yes. all these little detailed, like nonsense right, 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 things right, right, are just right. what's always more, uh, you know, I, I, I love those stories. They're just, uh, they're, yeah, that's it. Like, uh, I think life is great with all these uh, little things, yeah. these trivial things that, you know, that trigger us or, or, uh, ooh, Justin Verlander gave up two runs in the first two, the Diamondbacks, Ooh. interesting. Uh, okay, okay. All right, all right, Verlander. Um, <laughs> I uh, I was hoping for a Dylan C. Cy Young year, but I don't think it's going to happen. No, I think Verlander's going to win it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, me too. He came back and got a couple more starts, and I think um, I thought yeah. he was only going to come in for one before the playoffs. But right, no, no. He's he's been back. I think they're going they're going to want to give it to him. Um, Oh, look at this. I'm moving to third overall in the NFBC 50. NFBC Way to go, 50. buddy. Way to go. Um, but I'm I don't know if I'm gonna no, I'm I'm a lot of points behind the second place. Wow, first and second are a lot, a lot ahead. 
Um, let's see, fourteen hundred points. Yeah, wow. Not making that up, Todd. Um, but I'd like know. to stay in third. I think. Um, I think I, I don't know what the, I forget what the overall are. I think the 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 winner of the overall for the NFPC fifty gets a main event. Yeah, main event entry. Okay. And then second place overall is um, or an online championship three pack. Uh Um, And third place is um, one OC. All right. I'll take one OC. I'd love to stay in there. Get one OC. Um, Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to, I mean, because this, this format got popular this year. I mean, this year they have, there's 4,000 teams in the overall. Um, So it was just as popular as draft champions this year. So um, maybe they, um, maybe they boosted up to where like the top three people get um, main events, you know? Cause uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. That's uh, that's cool. Did, have you done any of these? No, because you're not a draft champions no. guy. No. Okay. I'm not so, draft champions at all. And I think maybe this is why I was better in online championships this year, because I did a couple of these DC fifties where, um, you know, 12 team format instead of the 15 and um, okay. kind of got myself primed a little for the 12 team format, you know? Uh, so I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, all right, Todd, any yeah. parting words before we leave? No, no. Thanks. Thanks, Rob. But we'll, let's get back at it sometime next week and I uh, right. wish everybody good luck out there in their uh, final week of uh, chasing down the league titles. Absolutely. I feel the same way. If anyone is, uh, you know, battling, just keep battling. It may be draining you out, you know, um, and it may be tiresome, especially if you're in the pursuit for like overalls and, you know, like just, just, it's almost there. You'll be able to take a breath and you'll be able to rest from fab and, um, you know, biting your nails for these finishes because it's uh no, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a yeah, lot. Sure, sure. I agree. Yeah, it takes out a lot. Um, so all right, Todd, good stuff, and uh we'll talk next week. Thanks, bud. Fantastic. Another great pull here to podcast with Todd Whitestone and guest appearance by Phil. Um wonderful year of uh support from everybody who listens. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome. Um love everyone. It's uh it's cool. I'm glad that it's anywhere helpful to anybody. Uh, <laughs> I'm extremely grateful for that. So um and so yeah, go out and win these leagues, you know, and bring it home. This is uh, what we've been working for all season. It's a wonderful, crazy hobby of ours that everyone enjoys and loves to share with one another. I think it's really awesome. And um yeah, you know, do the best you can. Leave it all out on the table. That's all you can um, give back to yourself. And hope everyone's staying safe. Um, hopefully Florida doesn't get too much bad weather or anywhere else um, with the hurricane. But um, wherever you are, whatever you are doing, don't be a bag of shit. Give love to everyone. Give hugs. Smile. Laugh. You know, don't be a miserable all day long. Peace.